praise team for leading us into worship. We are on the 13th sermon of this series, and, and I haven't made it out of Joseph's life yet. Amen. There are some principles that we need to learn. We are still talking about being in crushing. We, it's a place where we don't like. It's a place that doesn't feel good. It's a place that on every side it hurts. But, but the Bible tells us that, that in our affliction, it is good for us. Because in the affliction where God has you in a place where you don't like, you learn some things about him. Hallelujah. Our scripture is, again, we are launching from 2 Corinthians 4 and 7. And I will stop sometime when I feel like stopping. Amen. I may not read the 14, but it's still good. And it reads as such in our hearing. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. It says we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about in this clay body, the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life of Christ, of Jesus, may also be manifest in our bodies. That's enough. That's stop right there. Father, even now, speak, Lord. Speak life through your word. Hide me behind your glory and allow your people to hear your voice, to see you, Lord, to know that it's your presence that makes all the difference in the world. Lord, even now, even now, we pray, amen. The thought I want to bring to you this morning is keep your eyes on the promise. Keep your eyes on the promise. That may sound easy. But it's not easy when you're going through something. When, 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 when everything that you thought was going to happen doesn't happen. When God take you not through the straight line to your promise, but he takes you through the wilderness, he takes you through the fire, he takes you through the desert, he takes you through the places that is difficult to stand. God, God cannot take us to the stated promise 
because we're not ready yet. And you know, though you're saved, you know your flesh still get in the way. <laughs> Did you know that, that some of us is not ready to be blessed because if God bless us too much, we think it's us? One of the most dangerous things is to take God's glory as your glory and don't recognize that it was God all the time. You know, now that I have learned just a little bit, when I look back over my life, I recognize it was God all the time. Is, is anybody in the house that recognize that you did not make it this far by your own strength, by your own smart, by your own wisdom, but it was God that was keeping you. You wasn't even acknowledging God, but God had his hands on you. It was God that saved you. It was God that delivered you. It was God that kept you in your right mind. If God wasn't there, you never would have made it. Never would have made it. My question to Joseph is, Joseph, in your despairing situation, how did you keep your eyes on the promise? How is it that we find you still faithful as a slave? We find you go from slave to the jailhouse and you are still trusting God. Your environment went from bad to worse. But you kept your hands to the plow. Don't, don't think he's superhuman. Joseph went through the same thinking process that we go through without taking his eyes off the prize. Don't you think that Satan was whispering in his head? Because Satan saw that God had a purpose on, on, on Joseph and he was going to use Joseph to save Israel and the nature of Israel is where Christ was going to come from. So don't you think he was trying to set Joseph up? <laughs> don't you think that Potiphar's wife was really a setup by the devil? Listen, if you will fall for anything, then you're not worthy of the blessing God has for you. And in the crushing, you will be tested. Opportunities from the devil will come. And God wants us to have such an inward spiritual integrity that we keep on choosing Jesus even if it costs us everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know this isn't a popular message. God, you don't know where you really are at spiritually until you are tested in obedience and right and wrong and you choose to do right anyway. 
what's one of the hardest things to do is tell the flesh to sit down and shut up. Your flesh and my flesh want to have its own way. And if we're not careful, we will negotiate with ourselves and make it sound right. Joseph, here Potiphar's wife is, and she was a bad shut your mouth. And she was eyeing him, throwing hints, and we don't know how long, but Joseph knew that the opportunity could have been had. You don't think that Satan was, was whispering in his ear? At times like this, you got to be careful when opportunity, and, and there's another voice that comes in, you got to be identified God's voice from the devil's voice. Satan is always talking. Matter of fact, the chatter that we really choose from is, are you an eagle or are you going to come down with the chickens? There's some eagles who are still in the chicken coop. And God is calling them up high. And the reason why they're not walking with the favor of God because they keep on playing with the chickens. Now, now, now hold on, hold on. Now. Chickens can't help but be chickens. But if you are a child of God, he has made you an eagle. Show us a golden eagle. Oh, you can't show me. I have some pictures, but it looked like our system done went down. The, the, I'm not talking about the ball eagle, because the reason why I, I, I don't, I'm not talking about the ball eagle, because some of us think that the ball eagle means Christianity. Oh, there we go. I don't see nothing, but y'all see everything. This is a golden eagle. It's about the same size of the bald eagle, a little bit bigger. Um, the, 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 this thing is, is bad. I've seen pictures of this thing kill wolves. Mongolians who train these eagles, train them to hunt wolves, they will swoop down and break a wolf's back. I've seen pictures of them on top of the cliff take a goat, a mountain goat, pick it up, throw it down off the cliff, kill it, and go eat it. Chickens eat what's on the ground. They eat anything. They just say nasty birds. That's why you got to control a chicken's environment because if you don't control their environment, they will eat anything. Matter of fact, in the country, what they would do is separate the chicken that they're going to eat to clean it out and control its feeding. An eagle, what it does, it makes up in its mind in the morning what it's going to eat that day and go get it. I wanted today. Did you eat on God's word this morning? Did you do your devotion? Did you give him praise? Did you thank him? I think that if we start better, we will end better. I think if we 
a picture of an eagle. Well, the chicken is in the chicken coop. The eagle builds his nest on top of the cliff. You know what that means? Perspective. Perspective. Last week, I, I, I brought in a glass that was half full. And when you have a God perspective, you don't see it half empty. You see it half full. And you are thankful for what you have and have an expectation that God's going to build your capacity to receive more. When you see differently, you talk differently. Listen, listen. One problem that I think that many of us have, we don't have a vision. We don't see nothing. Scripture says, uh, without a vision, without seeing something, he said, you take off all restraints and you act anyway because you ain't going nowhere. But when God shows you that he has something for you, it keeps you to keep you on the right track. I don't know about you. I don't want to mess up my blessing. I already been the other way. I don't want to go the other way. I don't live the curse. Now that God got me and he done showed me some things, I, I, I'm not going to let the devil take me off track because I don't want to miss what God has for me. Many of us think, well, what will be, will be, that's a lie. We work with God or against God for God to get us where we need to be. Because if he can't trust us with what we already have, then he can't trust us with what he has for us. I, I got something else for you. I got to ask you. What if this is your cup? And somebody else got this cup. You know what we do? We talk about the person who got that cup. And we become petty, jealous, envious. We sit back and gossip because we feel like God has been unfair, life has been unfair. But wait a minute. God says, don't, don't despise small beginnings. You know what he said? Though you start small, don't mean you're going to end small. If you trust God, God is able to lift you. He's able to expand your capacity. And listen, some, some, some people who started at the lowest, God has lifted them to the highest because in the lowest, they trusted God. We, we, we boxed God in because of our past and our presence. But if we start beginning to see, Lord, you're a big God. You're an awesome God. And I, 
assessing my spirit, you got more in me. You just waiting on me to be faithful where I'm at. You want me to change my talk, to quit complaining, to quit gossiping, to quit badgering, and to start to look to you. The chicken looks from ground view. The eagle looks from cliff view. Oh, shut your mouth. I'm preaching better than you're reacting. The eagle sees things from fall. The eagle sees just right in front of it. If you begin to praise God, God will lift your perspective. If you begin to thank God, he'll begin to lift your perspective. If you begin to say, thank you, Jesus, he'll show you it's not as bad as you think. And he got more coming. Can, 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 can I just step in this a little bit more? You have to be able to discern between the voice of God and the voice of Satan. Both are talking. And many times we make the choice to believe Satan. Can I help you? Can I show you what I discovered? God's voice never condemns his children. Let me, let me, let me go another way. God's voice never belittles you. God's voice never talks negative to you. He will correct us. He will rebuke us. But he will love us. My son taught me something. He was about 18 and, and he was talking about, you know, when he have kids and, and he said this to me. He said, he said, Dad, when I have kids and, and I have to rebuke them for rebellion. Because that's what God deals with. He said, after I explain and whoop them, I'm going to hug them. I didn't catch the significance of it. I went downstairs, and I came back up, and I said, Britt, why? He said, because I want them to know I approve them. But I'm dealing with that attitude. And when I think about it, when I was dead wrong, when I knew I was wrong, the Holy Spirit would come over me and hug me. It would bring me to tears, and I would say, why you love me so much? Haven't God hugged you when you was wrong? Haven't God came see about you when you was in the right place? Didn't God speak love to you in your rebellion? Didn't God do us that way? God is more interested in blessing us than we are in being blessed. 
is, let me just knock it down. Faith is trusting who God is, what he says, and his character. When we don't trust him, it's an insult. He said, after all I have done, after all I have brought you through, you still don't know me yet. How is it that we allow feelings, things of the past, and what we see to get on the inside? Notice what he says. He says, he says in, our, in our verse in, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he, said, he says, the excellency and the power is on the inside. When you talk about the crushing the persecution, the forsake, all that is on the outside. And what he's saying is, these outward pressures are going to happen. Disappointment going to happen. Situations going to happen. We're living in a fallen world with fallen people, with a fallen devil who got Fallen demons, and we're not home yet. The miracle of God is that He kept us through all we've been through, and the very things that Satan has used to try to destroy us, God has used it to bless us. Ah, uh, come here, seed. Come here, seed. Here this little bitty seed is put in the ground. It got dirt on it, mud on it, manure on it, no telling what else is on it, and the weight and the pressure of the environment is crushing it. But don't let no water get to it. Don't, don't, don't let no water get to it. You know, water is a sign of the word. Hallelujah. So, 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 just like that seed that, that if it soaks up enough water, the inward pressure becomes greater than the outward pressure. And even though it may have a hard shell on the outside, when the water gets in the inside, that thing start creating an inward pressure that is greater than the outward pressure and that thing gonna pop when you are receiving the word of God and you are trusting the word of God I don't care how low life has brought you the Lord has put something on the inside that if you begin to get the word of God on the inside. See, the devil reads the Bible. How I know that? He was quoting the Bible to Jesus. So he knows the Bible better than you do. It's not just about reading. Are you allowing the word of God to get in your heart? You know what? What God had to show me is, is, is that Tracy... 
You're not just a banana. You're an onion. Huh? He said, there's layers and layers and layers of layers of you. I got to peel off of you before I get to the core of you and you get for real with me. Have God crushed you enough that you're transparent with him? The crushing makes us for real. You know, everybody walking around. I put up the face that I want you to see. With this group of people, it looks like this. That group of people looks like this. At church, we put on a whole. And even with God. And God said, until you let down the fakeness, you can't hear me. You can't hear me. It is the crushing process that makes us even for real with ourselves. That's why I say, you don't know who you are. I don't know who I am. I, I, I know more of who I am because of what God has showed me I am. And I'm still in the process of him showing me more. Some of the things I thought I was, I wasn't. My environment, my, 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 the pain, the hurt, put that on me. And God had to alleviate, show me, say, that tag, I didn't give you that. I didn't tell you that. I didn't show you that. Listen, if it doesn't come from God, then it's not of him. He loves us enough. To not quit on us. He loves us enough to put up with us. I hate to say this, but, but if I was God, I wouldn't put up with you or me. But God, but God, sometimes I why do you love me so much? Why are you so patient with me? And if you are for real, you're saying that too. Sometimes God just needs to take our eyes out our head and turn them back so we can see us. <laughs> and not just looking on the outside, looking on the... I'm glad he only does it a little bit at a time. Here, here Joseph is, and here he was, a bragging teenager, and he has to go. Watch this. The whole nation of Israel is dependent on Joseph's obedience. The future of Christ coming through Abraham and the promise of Abraham being lived out is based on Joseph. The other brothers wasn't picked because God know he couldn't trust them with their assignment. Let's go deeper. 
Joseph wasn't ready at 17. It took him till he was 30 till he was ready. And everything he went through, he needed because God was working on his spiritual integrity and faith. If God can't trust us with a little bit, he can't trust us with much. Joseph proved himself in Potiphar's house by being faithful to Potiphar, not touching his wife, going to jail, and instead of having an attitude, which he probably did, but he didn't sit on it. If you can't be faithful where you're at, why do you think God's going to open up the doors that is yours? Four times it says, and God was with him, and God was with him, and God was with him. But, and my question is, but Lord, it doesn't look like it. And I think Joseph would say, it doesn't feel like it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The greater the purpose God has for you, the more tests, the more trials, the more hurt, the more breaking going to happen to you. And in the midst of trying to get there, God will give you handfuls of blessings along the way before he gives you pictureful. And we don't learn to be grateful and thankful. Then we won't be thankful and grateful. By the time Joseph is raised up the fairway before he fell. Here he tells the baker and he tells the, the, the wine, the guy who tastes the wine before, before he gives it to the Pharaoh to make sure it's okay. But he interprets their dreams and he thinks it's his chance. And, 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 and when the guy go back, he forgot. Don't expect people to remember you. Don't don't expect your blessing to come from people that you think ought to bless you. Don't expect to get back what you give. Oh, that's a big one right there. That's a big one. Bent over backwards, went out your way. Took your own money to get them out, and now they 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 on top. You think they remember you? How quickly we forget the folks that we needed, that they needed you on the way. Listen, watch, 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 watch. Well, God wants your dependency to be on nobody else but him. The people who didn't help you wasn't supposed to help you. 
because you would have gave them the credit or they would have took the credit. And God doesn't give his credit and glory to nobody. Here he is standing in front of Pharaoh and Pharaoh said, I heard you can interpret dream. And he says, no. My God can. At 17, he would have said, yeah, I can. <laughs> and it's amazing how in the process now, everything is, my God can. He can do it. He will do it. He will show you. He The reason why God won't give us more because he can't trust us more. This is a strange thing. This is strange. That simple thing on our back will blow our heads up. You have to be quick to recognize I bring nothing to the table. You know I do. This is this is this is this is the statue that that they that they gave me, and it has Isaiah 41 on it. And I look at it to remind me that it's only God that can make you soar. <laughs> it's only God that has to come up under, and He has to be the wind underneath your wings. He has to be the one that speaks to you, that ministers to you. Paul learned that, and Paul started in, 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 in Philippians chapter 3. He began to say, I was a Pharisee, that don't mean nothing. I, I was above all those, that was nothing. I, I surpassed all my equal, that was nothing. Everything that I counted as something is now nothing. Now in my portfolio, what I write is, I'm a servant of Christ. I'm not dependent on anything else or anyone else but Jesus. He could say, I've written a lot of books, I've done it. No, 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 it's, it's I'm his servant. He's my savior. He's my God. He's my everything. Then he says, he says, he says, he says, he says in Philippians, he says, he is catching hold of me. He, 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 in time, stepped out of time and caught hold of me for the purpose he has for me. What's this, my sister? You are going about trying to satisfy yourself with this. When the only thing that can satisfy you is him. Keep on running. Keep on chasing. Sooner or later, the thrill is gone. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. That's the whole book of Ecclesiastes is Solomon trying to find life in everything. And he was the richest man to hold up. And he says, vanity, meaningless. 
doesn't mean nothing. Paul, Paul comes back and says, I am chasing what he showed me, forgetting the past, forgetting, letting go, forgiving. And on all my efforts, I'm, I'm finding myself by pressing forward in Christ because I see what's before me in him. He has shown me what he has called me to be. I got a vision. And the vision of me in him is something else. <laughs> oh, listen to me. He said, he said, he said, he said, he said, what you see now is nothing. Because what I see, you know what? You don't got time to stop and brag about what you have done. Matter of fact, you haven't done it anyway. We want to sit on our walls and say we made it. No, you haven't. Paul says, I'm pressing. I'm pressing. There's a higher call than what you see. There's a higher place. There's more knowing him. There's more experience in him. There's more love. There's more serving him. Listen, listen, listen. Quit looking at yourself and look at Jesus. Then yeah. yeah. I hear him say if in, in Ephesians chapter 3, after he comes to that prayer in chapter 3, verse 16, he said, I pray that you come to know the love of Christ, that you be rooted and grounded in it, that you come to know the height of it, the depth of it, the width of it, the dimensions of it, that which is beyond, that which is beyond understanding. I pray that you come to be filled with it, that you may be filled with all of God. Then he says, now under him. Hallelujah. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If God fills this up, he'll fill this up. If you trust him enough, he'll get something else and fill it up. If you trust him enough, he fills another one up. I remember the widow who was almost starving to death. And Elijah said, go borrow pots. Go get all the pots you can. And she had a little bit of oil, and she was obedient. And she started pouring the little bit of oil. And, 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 and each pot she came to, it kept on pouring. Don't you know that God will keep on pouring? Don't you know that God is endless in his blessing? It may look like a little bit, but trust him. But trust him. Chase him. Love him. By fact, the oil didn't stop until she ran out of pots. If she would have got more pots, there would have been more oil. How many pots do you have? How much capacity do you have now on the hymn that is able to do exactly
exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or can imagine in Christ Jesus. There's power on the inside. There's deliverance on the inside. There's peace on the inside. There's love on the inside. Why? Because Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, is on the inside. What are we waiting for? Who are we listening to? What voice is more prevalent in our lives? Are you believing a lie? Because you refuse to accept the truth? And when you don't accept the truth, you believe a lie because we don't want to surrender, then the devil works death. We stand between life and death. Jesus says, I come to give you life, not just salvation, but walking in the spirit life that you will see me flow through you in ways that will blow you away. But you got to believe. You got to trust him. To those that are watching, the Lord wants you to keep your eyes on him. He is the giver of the promise, the keeper of the promise, but you got to know him for yourself. The 451-31 number, if you call it, somebody will answer and they will call you back and they will lead you into salvation. If it's prayer, because you have lost your way, he will pray for you. The ministers in the house will minister anybody that's in the house. If you need prayer, if you need to know Jesus, they know how to lead you to Jesus. It's, it's that prayer. He, you saying and believing that he died and he rose again, that he is the Savior, and he'll come into your life. He'll change you. There's a transformation that takes place. But you got to believe him, trust him, receive him in your life. Oh, keep your eyes on the promise. Keep your eyes on the promise. And he will do exactly what he promised that he would do. Love you. Lord, touch. Lord, heal. Lord, fix. Meet us where we are, but take us where you want us to be. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, help us to keep our eyes on you. In Jesus' name, be blessed. Thank you for sharing.